Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. This is a special podcast to talk about a Breaking Bad movie called El Camino. And joining me, two people from Los Angeles, the Alvarado family. I got Aaron. Aaron, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? And Sarah Marie. <laughs> I'm saying your full name. Hello. Sarah, this is your first time on the pod. This is. I'm a little nervous. What took you so long to join um, us? She wasn't allowed. <laughs> it's, oh, no. I forbade, I forbade her from joining the pod. Oh, it took a Jesse Pinkman movie, uh, a, a, a post-Breaking Bad movie, to get you on to talk about it. You're that big of a Breaking Bad fan. Is that right? I do like Breaking Bad. She's seen every episode like five times. Like that's not an exaggeration. Oh, you've rewatched the series all the way through. I yeah, I probably rewatched it um, before the final season. I rewatched the whole thing, and then I just rewatched everything, you know, for the release of El Camino. You you oh wow! So leading up to the release, you rewatched everything. Yeah, I started. Pretty much as soon as I knew the movie was done, I went back and started on episode one. How long did it, how long did it, what, how many seasons again? Is it uh six, six five? Six? It's five. I think it's five. five. Yeah. Okay. And then I did watch Better Call Saul as well. Oh, you did? You watched but wow. Uh Better Call Saul probably not as necessary of a revisit for El Camino, safe to say. Right. Uh it's certainly more of a slow burn. Um but wow, yeah. So it wasn't like me when I, I, I literally started watching El Camino and I paused within a, the first few minutes and was like, I realize I have forgotten everything. Like, I like, like it, they're not going to give me an actual refresher that, you know, especially on all the things they're going to hit. This is not a, a movie that's made for the uninitiated. I can tell you that much. No, you have to watch basically the entire series, although they do, they do give you flashbacks. So they, you get. Shortage of flashbacks. We, we will be talking about that. In this episode, we are going to go all in on El Camino. We will be talking spoilers. Um, and so avoid this if you haven't watched it or don't want to be spoiled. Uh, and then we're going to make some Netflix content recommendations for both Netflix original movies and TV shows and, and whatnot. Both a lot of stuff from 2019. Um, and so, yeah, tons of streaming content to talk about. But first and format, foremost, Breaking Bad. Uh, largely considered to be one of the great TV shows of all time. Certainly one with the greatest ending um, that delivered on the promise of the, the, the questions that were posed throughout the series. Um, one of the most exciting, one of the best final seasons in, of any really TV show that I can think of. Um, and because of that, when they announced Vince Gilligan, the, the genius, when he announced that he was going to be making a Breaking Bad movie about what happened to Jesse Pinkman immediately after the events of Breaking Bad, there was a cause for consternation a bit about, you know, why would you revisit something that ended so perfectly? So I guess the first question is, is for uh, I'll start with you, Sarah, uh, did Breaking Bad end perfectly or did, were there questions left unanswered that you felt like merited kind of an epilogue or a revisit in a two hour movie form? Uh I think it warranted it because people want to see more, but it was one of the best endings on TV before. Um, you know, similar to how like Entourage did it just to, you know, have nostalgia, I guess. But um, 
you know, I was happy to see to see it for sure. I forget. I forgot that Entourage essentially did the same thing with a theatrically yeah. released movie. Um, they did it better. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> Both produced by Mark Wahlberg, by the way. Both. Um, uh, Aaron, what about you? Were you nervous about the idea of revisiting one of these characters? Yeah, I totally was because uh, it, it really did end on the perfect note for me. I, I didn't need any additional information or any follow-up on the story. I like the open-endedness of that final um, episode. And I thought the final season was incredible, um, very fulfilling. And as a fan, I thought that uh, it treated the characters properly. Um, and I would have been perfectly fine with it just ending on that last note. So I didn't think we needed a, an El Camino movie. But... Um, the more I thought about it, uh, you know, as we get closer to the date, the drop date, um, I, I got excited for it because I love the character so much. So, you know, once I kind of got over my uh, initial fears, it kind of got in the, uh, in the spirit again. And once the movie starts, really, it sucks you in immediately. So immediately. any any reservations I had were gone within two minutes. It, it's, it's great. You, it feels like, you know, that old pair of shoes that you put on. Uh, so comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I know this is this is truly this is the all birds experience of, of TV <laughs> shows. Um, I really, you're right though. I mean, I forgot how much I missed some of these people, uh, both the people uh, and just the world that Vince Gilligan created here. And he, you know, I should I, I should say in Vince, I trust, right? I shouldn't have ever doubted, but I, I certainly doubted going in the the need for this. Now, well, I think uh, with good reason because since Breaking Bad, has Vince Gilligan done anything worthwhile? Well, Better Call Saul. That's uh, okay. But it's the that's same been, world. It's the same world. Yeah, it's a sequel in every sense to me. Um, so it it's is totally, totally a little different, but it is a little, a little different. Some people like uh, Better Call Saul better than Breaking Bad. That's interesting. Which, yeah, which it's I a slower get. burn. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I also love Saul Goodman, so that's kind of of course to, he's one of the top three characters as far as my money. So th- I have two questions that are both very much related, and the first is: Was El Camino good? Let's just out of the gate, was it good? And then the second question, which is different, is: Was it necessary? Right? That's kind of related to what we're talking about here, when, in terms of my nerves of it coming out. So was it good? Was this worthwhile? Uh, and then again. Did we need this for the Breaking Bad story? So, Sarah, what did you think of El Camino? Was it good? Yeah, I thought it was great. I loved it. Um, did we need it? I don't know that we needed it, but I was mm. glad to see it. Yeah, glad to see it in terms of like peace of mind about what happened to Jesse. Because this is really that's that's the only thing that's really answers is what exactly happened to Jesse immediately. Yeah, he's really the only one that. Um, didn't close, you know, um, the whole story. I mean, you know, we saw him in that scene where he's happy to be free, but, you know, was that good enough for some people? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. The, the In my mind, the, the chances of Jesse not just getting immediately pulled over and spending the rest of his life in jail were pretty slim. Like I just assumed after breaking bad, like that's what's going to happen. Um, well, I, I was pretty sure he was going to run out of gas. So y- yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Uh, it wasn't a Tesla he was driving. Um, 
<laughs> I guess either way, you'd have to recharge. But Aaron, same question to you. Was it good? Was it necessary? It's, yeah. I mean, as far as the Netflix original goes, it's one of their better original standalone movies, even though it's not really yeah. standalone. But if, without a doubt, it's, it's really good. It's really, it's excellent. Um, if you're a fan of Breaking Bad, you owe it to yourself to watch it. You know, without reservation, I can recommend it. So, yeah, it's very good. I, it, it absolutely was not needed, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But after watching it, I was converted. So I do trust Vince Gilligan. He obviously knows what he's doing with these characters. Um, the world he built is perfect for the for if you're a fan of the show. I mean, you could not ask for a better world builder than Vince Gilligan if you're a fan of these characters. I mean, it's just amazing what he's done with them um, to make you care about all these people that you really shouldn't care about. I mean, it's a show filled with bad guys making bad decisions. Yeah, um, I should, yeah exactly. I shouldn't care about Todd, but I, you know, huge fan. <laughs> No, I mean, if you go back and look at the story, one of the only heroes, if you want to call him a hero, is like uh, Skylar. It's 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 um, the mother that was dragged into this to protect her children, yeah. essentially. And she had to make these bad decisions uh, that were forced upon her. Everyone else in this mo- in this series chose their own bad decisions. They chose their path. She didn't. She was, I mean, in the beginning, she was kind of dragged into it. And then she goes off, spins off. Um, but yeah, this is, it's a show filled with complicated characters that are complex and um, making some very poor decisions uh, throughout the entirety of it, even into the El Camino movie. I mean, they make even more bad decisions. But for some reason, they're so compelling. They're so, the story is so interesting. The characters are so well written that we go right along on that ride and we want to see them succeed. Well, at least Jesse. Yeah. So we sure do. It's I agree with both of you. This this is. This was so good to watch. It really was just like a hangout with people you deeply care about in a world that matters to you. And it, it, it was not needed in terms of like the story. There wasn't some big, you know, gap in the story by the end of Breaking Bad that needed to be filled. But I, I personally needed this in the sense of just like being able to hang out with these. I, I'd forgotten about how much I cared about Skinny Pete. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten how much, you know, and like we have Clay is commenting on the feed right now. He's saying skinny Pete goat, which <laughs> I, I believe is parlance for greatest of all time. That's true too. Uh, I don't know. Badger though. Um, so let's talk about that. Who, given that this is really, we talk about fan service as being this really negative thing. It's just, if we're being honest, that this is a show, this, this movie is fan service, but it's fan service executed at the highest possible level. So I welcome that, but you get all sorts of revisits with characters uh, and the, the story is kind of a narrative weaved so we can revisit those people, which was a lot of fun. So who for you was the, I guess, first let's talk about who are you most happy to see? And also want to know, like, who is the MVP character in this movie outside of Jesse? Um, and if those two people are the same, great. But I want to know, like, who are you just most delighted to see on screen again? Start with Sarah. Um, I was happy to see um, Kristen Ritter's character. You know, Jesse's girlfriend. Yeah, I thought that was a nice surprise. I wasn't expecting to see her. Um, and it just, it's just a brief moment where you could see a smile on Jesse's face just to revisit his relationship with her, I think was yeah. kind of cute. But she also gives like a key piece of advice, almost kind of like a, 
Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about take like letting the universe take you where, you know, right. where right. allowing the universe to take you or something to that effect, yeah, wherever. Yeah. And she's like, no, that's it's like bullcrap. Like you need to control your own destiny, like yeah. make your own decisions. She um, says something to effect of I've done that all my life. And, you know, look where it's gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I love that it wasn't just like a gratuitous like, oh, yeah, we got to throw in Jessica Jones, you know, because mm-hmm. her career <laughs> certainly taken off. Right. Since since Breaking Bad. Since choking on her own vomit, you know, to uh, put it in the most bleak and terrible terms. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I thought they actually used that cameo to great effect. Uh, so so that was, you were most delighted to see her again. It was certainly unexpected. Who was right. your MVP character? Um, I'm really bad at this, sorry. The, the guy that... What's his, the guy that just passed away? Sorry, I'm the oh, worst yeah, at knowing Worcester. people's names. Yes, thank you. Um, I think he had a really great role, um, you know, and so he kind good. of delivered. And I just think that that was really good. Was he in Breaking Bad? Yeah. Did they show him that character? Was it played by Robert Forster? I know that they had the guy in the van who did the thing. But in my mind, I don't remember seeing Robert I don't Forster in that role. I don't, think he, I don't think he showed up Is in the he? series. Did he? Did he? So he yeah 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 he's in it he's in it he um there's the little dungeon or whatever you know below yeah. where the room is where they keep Walt before they take him and then he you know arranges for Walt um in the cabin oh wow. yeah see I I wondered as soon as I saw him if mm-hmm. I was like is this just a Robert Forrester flex you know because <laughs> they'd never shown the character that arra- makes this arrangement or had they shown him and I just didn't remember that it was Robert Forrester. Uh, it's worth noting Robert Forrester. You don't remember it either, Aaron? Yeah, mm-hmm. isn't that amazing? This is this is why I bring Sarah on because she <laughs> she brings facts. <laughs> Aaron and I would have blown right by that. Um, but the, the sadly he passed away the day of the release of El Camino. Yeah. Um, and so it's for me, I I was happy to see Robert Forster because he's literally playing the character of Max Cherry from Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. I mean, he's just like basically a very similar guy. He's a bail bondsman in that movie. Uh, and yeah, it was great. For him. Uh, Aaron, who were you excited to see most? Uh, for me, I knew we were going to or I hoped we were going to see Mike again. The relationship between Jesse and Mike was too special for me. Um, the way that, uh, you know, Jesse's relationship with Walt, where he was basically his evil mentor, Mike was kind of like his father. Like he was the absentee father, even though Jesse had a father, his father never really connected with him to a certain point. Whereas Mike was he wanted like, to connect him to the cops. That's for exactly, sure. exactly. Uh, or so Mike was like his surrogate father. Mike was like his real mentor. Um, so I, I was really hoping they would do that. And we do get that moment in there. And it's, I mean, it's, it's sweet and it's, uh, it's really cool to see them interacting together. Um, and like you said, this is a fan service movie. So you, you really did need that movie or that moment. And of course, everything is leading up to him reconnecting with Walt and you know, that's coming. Um, but for me, what hit me more was that, that one scene he has with Mike, on the the banks of the river or wherever they are um just connecting again and seeing that chemistry and that uh the admiration the two characters have for each other yeah was special it's similar to uh is it jessica ritter is that her name what is Kristen. it uh sure Kristen ritter jessica jones Kristen ritter ritter got it um 
Mike's character, Mike Armentrout, um, he is there not again not for gratuitous cameos, but to provide a useful dialogue that plays into the themes of the film. And he talks about like what he should do if he can get away. He talks about going to Alaska, and then uh, when Jesse says, "Yeah, I, to make things right," and he says, "No." That's the one thing you're not gonna be able to do, kid. Like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You're like, and it's devastating line. It's delivered devastatingly. But like, yeah, only Mike could deliver a line like that. Um, and I was happy, even though we see him in Better Call Saul. Like, it's I don't miss him as much just because he's he's been kind of around in that form, which I'm so grateful for. Uh, that was a nice uh, uh, a nice pop in by him. I I'll say I was expecting Saul at some point, mm-hmm. but I don't know I was- where in this story he would have popped in. And he didn't, right? And so I'm, I, I guess it didn't make sense. They didn't put him in, which was good. Um, of course, for me, seeing Skinny Pete and Badger was great. Mm-hmm. Now, it's Skinny Pete especially. Uh, he gives a pretty sentimental line that really worked on me when Jesse asks him, why are you doing this? And he tells him he's his hero. Mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in the hands of a less capable actor, I think that could have been really, really like uh, super hokey and not at all uh not at all work in a breaking bad type of universe which doesn't really rely a whole lot on sentiment like that but this totally worked for me i actually got like almost a little teary-eyed when he said it to him because i was like oh my gosh like these he really cares about him um and just even the banter between uh badger and skinny pete uh i i didn't get the chance to see this in theaters i watched it on netflix like a lot of people but uh, our friend shannon went to uh, a theater to see it and she said that like everything with badger and skinny pete with the crowd at the theater just just played a huge laughs like every yeah. quip every line just the clearly fan favorites um so i would say that's the one i was most excited to see for me the mvp is clearly jesse Plemons himself as todd there's a lot of todd in the first half of this movie a yeah that was lot of todd it's todd uh oh sorry did you not get your mvp <laughs> i just <laughs> i just hijacked your question i just hear you say todd <laughs> I want to get to it before you could. Uh, so, why was he your MVP? Well, I mean, in a, again, in this show, because you felt like the, the housekeeper had it coming. She sure did. I mean, it was, she shouldn't have uh, put her nose in those books. What was she doing? No. <laughs> those why did she, yeah. What was she Wonder looking up she in the M? <laughs> yeah, that's the cliffhanger. We never find out what she was trying to research. Uh, yeah. Now Todd had a guess though. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Todd, uh, so in a, in a show in a series filled with bad people making bad decisions, Todd is the worst. Yeah. Todd is the yeah. real villain of this entire yes. series, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. He's pure evil. Um, pure. Just zero remorse. Um, just driven by whatever he's driven by greed or some sort of I, I don't know. Just I desire don't know to be bad. Exactly. I don't even know that it's that. No, yeah. it's. I mean, he's just. Like a sadistic person, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so him putting him in, putting him back in that role, um, just revisiting that pure evil was uh, was very impactful for me, and we needed it obviously because uh, Jesse had to have that moment. Yeah, it's a weird type of evil, though, in my opinion. Just the things that you know, like obviously Jesse knew how bad he was. He lived those things, but to see you know, to come to the revelation of what he's doing this time and um, all the little idiosyncrasies of that relationship. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, he's such a weird character just because 
when we see the scene in the kitchen when Jesse realizes why he's brought him in for his help and there's the dead body of his housekeeper and he's kind of freaking out and Todd's like, all right, like, don't make me feel worse, more any worse about it than I already do. And you're like, want some soup? This, guy. this is like, yeah, I want some soup. <laughs> he takes the belt off of her neck to put back yeah. and he puts it back on. Yeah. So he's like, hold on, hold someone on. That's, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> Unroll her so I can put it. Uh, and then he offers some pizza later. I'm like, hey, maybe he's not such a bad guy. Um, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's obviously terrible. Uh, but yeah, like it's a type of evil that's like not just like this evil genius. It's like someone that's disconnected from reality, from true right. emotion. What, what makes know, him like special, that. I think, is like he's not very physically imposing. He's not like just someone you would be scared of. But he's such a presence that even in that moment where Jesse finds the gun, and he could just easily turn it on Todd and kill him and get away. Um, he has such a psychological hold over Jesse that he gets him to give him the gun. Like, And it, it was believable that uh, Jesse was so scared of him. So It was believable. It was really – it's what, how you understood how broken Jesse was mm-hmm. by the torture and the psycho- physical and psychological torture that he went through. Uh, that neo-Nazi compound where he was forced to keep cooking. You know, it was terrible. Um. So let's, I, I want to know what the, your favorite moment of the movie was. What was the, what was your favorite scene, favorite moment? Um, I'll, I'll tell you for me while you guys are thinking about it. Uh, Cause that wasn't one of the pre-arranged <laughs> questions. Um, I, I really like the old fashioned duel, the old shootout mm-hmm. uh, with a character that was new in the movie as a welder. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, he's actually a character that was, uh, or an actor that uh, is in the Righteous Gemstones, which is a recent HBO show. So it was interesting to see him, and he's kind of popping in in these different spots. Um, but uh, this welder guy who acts as a cop um, initially, which I thought was like a great scene and like a great trick, um, until yeah. So he's like this evil welder guy. I don't need to give all the details. If you're listening at this point, you've seen El Camino. But basically, the that's the the climax of the film is leading up to the moment where that that confrontation with him and uh i actually thought that scene was tremendous and it was vi- just like vintage breaking bad yeah um so for me i think that was like the highlight of the film uh what was it for you guys i really liked that scene that's what i was the first thing that came to my mind it has like its quirky humor and the power um also similarly the part where uh they're in his apartment and they're pretending to be cops that scene where he realizes that you know that they're not cops and he had to split and he just like it's the first time that he showed that he was ready to be tough um it was a nice to see that come back you know bringing the life back to jesse yep what about you Aaron? well for me it's the I mean, we're talking about spoilers, so I guess it's the final yeah. scene. It, it's the scene where Jesse um, gets away, and he's he's in Alaska, and um, he's about to shake hands with the guy, the, um, the vacuum cleaner salesman, to send him off on his way. And he has the one last thing that he gives him um, before he's completely disconnected from him. And it's a letter. You find out it's a letter that Jesse's written to Brock. Um, and that scene to me is like, that. that's Jesse. He's um, he's a bad guy with a heart of gold. The, I mean, we in this in this movie, we find out he's a cold blood, cold blooded killer because he does have that standoff scene where he literally murders two guys, and we're still rooting for him. Um, 
but yeah, even after, even with all that baggage, with all that, the negativity and all the, the evil stuff that he's done in his life, he still has these morals that ground him, these connections that he made to certain people, uh, one being the, that kid, Brock. Uh, and he writes him a letter and who knows what the letter says, but that in that moment, you see Jesse, the person um, that is all, that always has that moral grounding. So I thought that was a special that was a great way to end the, the, the movie and the series and the characters. So. Absolutely. Um, a couple other points for me. I think uh, old Joe should have, should have towed the car. We would have, I mean, he said he was going to do it free of charge, you know, nice guy. And he bails, he bails the move. The second there's some heat, you know, uh, a little disappointed in Joe. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about the second thing is, uh, okay. Walter White's cameo. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel it. It kind of has to be there. It's a Breaking Bad movie. I I was glad it was there. I thought the I would have like maybe a little bit more purpose to the conversation, but it was a mm-hmm. good kind of overarching, talk, you know, talking about the future and the possibilities and the regret that Walt feels and, and the the opportunity that Jesse has, given you know how much of his life is in front of him. Um, I think the introduction to Walt's cameo is that was the only thing that was a little too fan servicey for me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this, uh, in like in sequence or like they turn the corner from their hotel rooms, like almost in unison as they start walking down the hall. And it's just like this very, very like uh showy. it's literal runway. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's a very showy, like, look who it is. Yeah. Uh, I think for, for me, I almost would have prepared, like I would have preferred showing Jesse at the salad bar, uh, when he recites this, you know, famous yeah. Jesse line, uh, and then he turns to go sit back down at the booth, and he sits down, and it's Walt with him, you know, just like yeah. almost casually reintroduce him in a way. It's like, wait, what, you know, um, yeah. rather than make it some big epic thing, because in that world it wouldn't have been right. Um, right. I don't know. I don't know if it bothered you as much as me, but what did you guys think about the return of Walter White in that flashback? I see where you're coming from. Um, I think for those people who or potentially saw this in the movie theater. I think that was probably the woo moment for the crowd as well. Um, But, you know, now that you mentioned it, I think it would have been better if I did like that scene that when they were at the diner and you can hear their banter where he's like bromelain or whatever, you know, like that's the kind of stuff that the relationship of Walter and Jesse that, you know, the fans came to like. Yeah. How about you, Aaron? Did it work? Mm, not really. I mean, I could have lived without it. Ooh. It's fine. You know it had to happen. Um, yeah. If it, if it weren't Walt and Jesse, that's one of the moments you could have left out. Um, if it were any other character. Uh, because, like you said, it's incredibly fan service In a movie that's, <laughs> that is fan service, it's the highest yeah. moment. Um, and it's the least necessary. So, it, It's interesting because like, I was happy to see Heisenberg yeah. again. But what mm-hmm. I didn't, but once the scene started playing out, what I realized was I was much happier to see Jesse at that point in his life again, because mm-hmm. up at, at this point in El Camino, we're seeing the broken Jesse. We're seeing the desperate Jesse trying to survive. Uh, but he's just like clearly not the same person that we spent all those seasons of Breaking Bad with. So in that flashback, you're like, oh, this is the Jesse I grew to love, you know, like right. uh, it was vintage Jesse. And I was actually more excited to see that and to be able to see him in that version than i even was to see walter white which was still cool but yeah what's interesting like, is because yeah. this movie took place uh the series ended what like eight years ago or something 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so much time has literally passed. Uh, every actor looks older, obviously, and, and physically different. Mm-hmm. But for Jesse, it, it works especially well because he went through so much in that final season of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the physical toll that it took on his body and the mental and the emotional. And, and to see the actor, uh, Aaron Paul, now, I mean, he just looks older and he looks more beat up, more right. weathered with time. Uh, so it's funny how that actually worked for the story, even though we're supposed to be picking totally. up right when it left off eight years ago. Yes. I think Plemons was probably the one that was affected <laughs> most by the time. <laughs> but it didn't matter. No. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. And I also think, he, bar none, he gives the best performance. <laughs> he's I, a great actor. I mean, he's truly a great actor. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right. Any other thoughts on El Camino? That's... I want to know how. Sorry, going back to that that uh, salad bar scene. How many takes yeah. did he do to do that? Because I was watching him shove his mouth with pineapple and lettuce. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, wow, wow. I know, and 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 it's really he's eating that food. Yeah, he's really eating that food. And I, you hear stories about people like you know actors who have to do like twenty something takes in an eating right. scene, and they just can't keep like they can't eat any more food it's just like too, right. like you're i i rem- honestly the same thing crossed my mind at one point thinking like he's piling that food in like they couldn't have done this more than three or four takes like there's just no way right <laughs> no yeah he's a small frame too i don't think so. i don't think his stomach's very big <laughs> um well great uh, other any other thoughts about uh, i get maybe i'll pose this last question here is there any other any meat left on this Breaking Bad bone? Is there any other character or stri- like? Would you watch two hours of Skyler and her son or two kids? I should say, um, wherever they are. What about Hank's widow? What about you know? Like, is there any other version of this that you wouldn't mind seeing in an epilogue form like this? Maybe with the DEA made of everything after you know digging up the the graves of uh, Gomez and Hank, but I really, you know, don't, didn't care or missing Skylar and Marie mm. um, and uh, some of the other characters. Um, what's his name? Uh, Wall's old partners. I forget their names now. Uh, the husband yeah. and wife. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Are they still in their home thinking that they're snipers? Um, right. Cause remember <laughs> they were supposed to give them, they were supposed to give Walter Jr. the money. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were promised money. Uh, maybe like I would watch 10 minute recap. That's like who got who ended up actually getting the money. That was like, what about Mike's granddaughter? Are we right. like, everything? You know, <laughs> are we sure that that happened? Uh, <laughs> that'd be some peace of mind. Um, I would watch a I would watch a Brock biopic where he becomes like a big YouTube personality. <laughs> Just like conspiracy theories and like just kind of like the dark parts of you. Like I would watch he becomes an influencer. I would watch that. I would watch no. that. He takes over. He he becomes the cook. <laughs> oh no. Uh yeah. Uh what about for you, Aaron? Is there anything else worth exploring? No, absolutely not. It's it's, it's enough. Okay. I mean um i'll still watch uh, better call Saul, but that's that's it i think this world is finished we had enough um yeah it's perfect the way it is just just leave it alone okay well 
let's uh, let's move to a larger Netflix discussion then, because I want to talk about there's there's a lot of content. Everyone knows this. Uh, also, searching for stuff on Netflix is like a disaster. They purposely <laughs> hide content from you based on algorithms, which seems counterproductive. But I wanna I wanna talk about uh, you know to Netflix original content, both movies and shows. Um, ideally, within the last year of release, uh, what have, what have been the highlights for you guys? Um, things that you would recommend to people they feel like you know are like real home runs. Uh, I wrote down a few things. Uh, I and I'll I actually wrote down five or six that I want to go over here. Uh, but I'm curious to hear what you guys have as well. Um, I'll I'll lead off saying, um, Mindhunter season two came out this year. I'm a big David Fincher head. <laughs> okay, love his movies. Uh, Zodiac, Fight Club, mm-hmm. Social uh, Social Network, uh, and so uh, yeah. So he is the showrunner, and he directed about half the episodes of season two, which is more than he did in season one. Mm-hmm. And this is just a just it's it's a dark show about the FBI uh, behavioral sciences unit that's supposed to come up with the whole profile for identifying and stopping serial killers. Uh, but it's it's, a, it's just an incredibly well-made show. And so if people aren't into Mindhunter and if they have the stomach for it, I was, I start my recommendation off with that. Yeah, I think it's, uh, season two is as good as season one, which is yes. very, very rare, especially for Netflix original. Yeah. It, I think you can... Um, there's an argument to be made that season two is better, but either way, they're, they're both incredible seasons. Uh, and you know, like the true crime thing is so hot right now. It has been hot for the past like three or four years. Um, and so this plays right into that. It's, it's really interesting story. The, uh, the characters the two FBI agents that they follow are really fascinating the way that they're written. Um, and then of course the, uh, serial killers that they, they run into or they interact with are really fascinating as well. It's a show filled with great performances. Um, I just, I marvel at the casting jobs they do because these guys really look like the, their counterparts, their real life serial killer counterparts. And it's pretty amazing to find those people that look alike. Um, and then for them to be really good actors as well, pretty rare and they figure it out some way. So. Yeah, I can't recommend uh, Mindhunter season two enough. It's incredible. Yeah, and honestly, I could, you know, I could always use more Ed Kemper. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he is incarcerated in Vacaville, California, which is roughly halfway between Sacramento and San Francisco. And technically, uh, anyone that lives in Vacaville is considered a prisoner. <laughs> They've certainly committed crimes. Um, but I, uh, I, I travel to San Francisco regularly for work, which is where our office is. And uh, Vacaville is where I actually stop to charge my car. And oh. every time I stop, I'm like, is now the time to go say hi to Ed? Should I introduce myself? And in my head, I think it's going to be the guy from Mindhunter. I have to remind myself that that's an actor. It's not like a documentary, you know. Uh, but thankfully, I usually have some self-control. And I think like probably not, probably not today to, to get to know a serial killer. Um, uh, all right, Sarah, Netflix recommendations from you. Um, all right, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Don't laugh, I'm the resident girl on this pod this episode, but I'm gonna say Beyonce's Homecoming, um, yeah. for multiple reasons just because you know she's totally on top right now, and two, I'm too old to go to Coachella. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean. Don't quote me on that, but it's just not really been, like. Have you ever been to Coachella? I, did, I went to like the first a long time ago, um, wow. many moons ago, and it's just like 
I just can't hang with these long day festivals anymore. Just thinking about it just like makes me cringe. Um, I get, you know, wanting to be there for the music and the atmosphere and all that, but it's, it's changed a lot since, you know, it's a lot of influencers and um, all these things, but just to see her performance. And I remember, you know, looking up on YouTube after and just being like, wow, like this is amazing what she did to get her body in shape after a baby, which is always a tough feat. Um, And, just the performance it's very long so um you know we talked about how how much rehearsing they had to do and i just thought it was really cool to see i like that sort of thing i like um i like dancing you know watching people perform um right now my guilty pleasure is uh dallas cowboy cheerleaders making the team so just like watching like you know, real professional trained dancers do their thing is just really exciting. And it's just a show, um, which is. So it's homecoming. Really cool. Like, a, is it primarily concert or is it show a lot of the behind the scenes? Like it does. It goes behind the scenes of her, you know, it talks about her personal life and after having the baby and, you know, just a few months out and she's already training. Um, you know, she hasn't lost any baby weight yet. She's freaked out to get on stage and show her body um, talks about her dieting and, she changes her diet. She basically goes vegan for months um, and then is dancing for eight to 10 hours a day to get, you know, in rehearsals to get the routines down and everything. So it's it's wow. pretty interesting to see what celebrities do to, you know, what they go through to make movies, to go through concerts and so on and so forth. Yeah, I'm <laughs> grateful that I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also have a uh, concert series to recommend fire the greatest party oh of speaking of in also a lot of influencers there yeah nothing but influencers yeah that one was very surprising didn't realize that it was so interesting and then that documentary yeah. dropped it was pretty eye-opening it is did you like it better than the hulu one did you watch it honestly i don't remember the difference so <laughs> one of them i don't remember one of them paid the, the guy behind it all billy Right, uh, Billy McFarland is that right? Something I don't Something know, like that. but yeah, one of them like literally paid him to do an interview, and some felt like that would compromise the integrity of their, uh, I guess the objectivity. The uh, anyway, doesn't really matter. None, none of these things are real. They all have an agenda. <laughs> exactly. And well, that's the, that speaks to the whole docu- uh, the the whole festival itself, and that's what you see in the documentary. Yeah. Is all of this stuff is fake. It's it's all. The, the people that put these things on are not real. I mean, they're all yeah. just actors, essentially, uh, faking it till they make it. Um, and this is like the greatest example of it, where they got so many oh, people right. to just buy into this ideal, this myth, um, just by selling well, it. Kendall Jenner sent a tweet saying it was the thing. It's all it took. It's incredible. Now, did either of you see the new season of Stranger Things? I sure did, yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was much better than season two. Um, some real high way points. Better. Yeah, like I love way, the way new, better. I love the new characters they introduced. I thought uh, it, they're dealing with the kids getting older really well. Um, this the scenarios they're putting them in. Uh, I do. I, it's interesting the way that Eleven has like become like a part of the background in essence, except for like you know when they need her powers. Uh, because yeah. in that first season, she's like it. She's the, the series is basically around this little girl with the superpowers. Yeah. 
Um, and then as the series has gone on, she's kind of just like part of the background. Um, yeah, because some of the other thought, so, really. yeah. so the other kids are really interesting. They're they're turned into really good little actors. So uh, yeah, yeah, season two was very our season three was very entertaining. I'm glad they got back to the roots. Me too. Uh, apparently, they're doing one more season, um, and that won't play place take place in Hawkins. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what happens there. Um, I hope Jim Hopper remains deceased, but he will not. Almost certainly will not. So, Sarah, were you, are you not a Stranger Things fan? No, I'm the biggest chicken when it comes to things. I did try watching season one a couple of times, and most of it just gets in my head. I don't like scary movies. I don't like Halloween. I don't like. I don't like to be scared. I don't like to. Doesn't like kill children. <laughs> but you love the eighty. This would have been yeah. It's- this is true. So I, that's why I think I tried to watch it because like a lot of the retro comes back, you know. So I did try, but I'm just like I can't, especially by myself. I can't push myself to watch that sort of thing. No, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, and it's one of those things that I kind of like wanted to. I wanted to have those conversations when everyone's talking about it, the hype. I saw your costumes. Um, like all of these things, it's just like, you know, I, I kind of want to jump on that bandwagon, but it's just not my personality to get into anything that remotely is scary. And people say, like, it's really not that scary, um, you yeah. know, a little supernatural and things like that. I'm just like, mm, do I, yeah. I want to judge? A lot of times if there's something scary, Aaron will usually watch it and then give me a recommendation if he thinks I should <laughs> or if I'll yeah. be freaked out for weeks at a time. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, season three is interesting, though. <laughs> season three is interesting because there are some of the there, there's multiple storylines like most shows you know that are going on and some are definitely uh, on the scary side the one you referenced the costumes Lindsay and i are, have costumes for the characters steve harrington and robin which are uh scoops ahoy uh employee uniforms which uh, is an ice cream store um and that that storyline like most of it up until the end it's like it's really more of like an action thriller soviet kind of era or you know the cold war era uh america versus soviet union type of story like there's nothing horror or scary about that but it's story. also goonies it's very <laughs> goonies-esque i i wish that you could isolate those things and just share those stories because they're so good um but uh, yeah of course it eventually you know meets up with the, the remainder of the scary stuff that's kind of happening but um anyway other recommendations um do you have another one sarah um i do this is weird because these two that i'm talking about that are on top of my list is yes it's part of my personality but mostly entirely not but my next one is going to be always be my maybe with the ali wong um i really liked it you know i i think she's pretty funny um you know the, as again the resident asian of this group um no it was cool to see i just thought it was a good romantic comedy that uh was just so the the stuff i usually watch is a lot of like crime i like a lot of adventure you know um stuff like that uh what else um a lot of action fighting those weird boy type of <laughs> movies um and shows yeah sports stuff like I'm usually like really into tomboy type of things, but um, I really like this movie from time to time when, 
you know, you're having a rough week and you just feel like watching something that's really lighthearted. Um, it was cool to put on and, you know, get a kind of chuckle out of these things. And it's just funny because there's a, there's a lot of, you know, typical Asian family things that happen that I laughed at. And I can tell a lot of people didn't get some of those things if they just happened to be watching. So it's kind of hilarious to me. So it's, it's just, it's a different take on a romantic comedy to see that I enjoyed. That's good. Yeah, I that's, have not seen it. It's Lindsay has. Yeah. Are you, so, I, I can I'm not, a, I wasn't a huge fan of the movie, but I, I do like what they were going for and I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure if your mic is working because I can't, I can't hear you, but is it? Can you hear me now? No. Uh -uh. It's like, it's off. I, I think I can hear you from Sarah's, but not oh, from now. Oh, here it is. Okay, good. So I won't spoil it. There's a good cameo in it um, that may have been. Unfortunately, that cameo already. was heard around the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I, I almost clicked on it only because I, there were so many gifts yeah. and memes about this specific cameo. I feel silly by not talking about it straight up because I think everyone knows what it is. But just in case they don't, I don't want sure. to. It, it's. Yeah, I I've, I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen this scene with the camera. Oh. That's how that's how big that cameo is, and it's pretty great. Yeah, the pretty great. I mean, it, it's hilarious, and it's the perfect casting. So, yeah, uh, very good choice. I think I think you'll enjoy it. How did Lindsay like it? She liked it quite a bit. Yeah, she liked it quite a bit. Um, the res, I guess, the resident Asian of our household. Has, <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, you talk about want, like sitting back and just turning on, you know, wanting something lighthearted sometimes on a hard day. I can totally relate with that, which is my next recommendation. Just on a day when I need to just sit back and turn my brain off. It's when they see us. It's the Ava DuVernay. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, I, that's not. The, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding that it's not lighthearted content, but I'm not kidding that it's on my recommendation list because it's really one of the best series I've seen all year long. And truly one of the great pieces of I was going to say docudrama, but it's not, it's not a documentary. It's a, it's a based in on, uh, it's like not inspired. It's, it's an, yeah. Yeah. It's a dramatization of the story of these poor kids, like truly just, I feel, feel so bad for them. Um, they get wrongfully accused and convicted of um, attempted murder uh, and sexual assault and rape about for this woman uh, who was jogging in Cent in central park. Uh, on this evening in late 1980s or mid 1980s, and uh, of course we know in real life they were later exonerated. By I mean there was no hard evidence whatsoever that these kids were involved to begin with. They really, really got screwed by the system, and it's hard to watch content like this. I mean mm -hmm. it's really to be in a mood to be like, yeah, I want to watch this. I want to watch a movie about just the the justice system and systemic racism and these poor children's lives like getting taken from them. They weren't able to grow up like a normal kid. Like it's mm -hmm. hard to be in the mood to watch something like that. Mm -hmm. this, this or this series is, is so remarkable that I think it's worth getting over that. Like, I don't want to watch something so heavy mood that I understand, you know, people would, would be in because the performances from these kids and the adult versions is mm -hmm. so good. Uh, the supporting cast around everything is so good. Um, and I really learned a lot. I learned a ton watching it. Uh, I, I can't say enough about it. Uh, Ava, Ava DuVernay, um, she, who made Selma um, and A Wrinkle in Time, 
Uh, one of those is a good movie. Um, and, but this series is re she's really done incredible work. I think it's her best work. Um, and the one of the main kid actors of of the five kids, one of the actors played both the teenage version as well as the adult version. He just won an Emmy for that role, and he was it was totally deserving. But uh, absolutely take the time to watch it. Did either of you see it? I did. So this is actually the type of things that I typically do watch. Um, it was hard to watch, though. Uh, you know, yeah. it, again, like you were saying, it's pretty deep and these sorts of things. I, I appreciated the fact that it was a series and you can kind of stop and, you know, gather yourself yeah. a little bit. It's definitely tough to watch. Um, it's not something like, um, you know, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the movie, the hurricane where they exonerate him, yeah. but like, that's, it's not as tough as, even though I'm sure the, just the things that they say um, with like the, you know, again, the lack of evidence, it's, it's really tough and you just makes you question the justice system and all of these things, you know, it's like, what would have, what would I have done if my life, you know, you're kind of getting out of jail and so much time has passed, the world is different. It's tough on so many levels. Yeah. Also, these things remind me how poorly I would do not just in prison generally, but in solitary confinement. Um, oh my goodness. Like just watching all this, I'm like, yeah, this would, this would end me. Like I would be, I would not perform well under these conditions, For let sure. alone getting out and trying not to feel angry about right. the, you know, everything having been stacked against you and you having done nothing wrong, uh, yeah. you know, to get yourself there other than being the wrong skin color, truthfully. I mean, that's that yeah. really, uh, unfortunately for them, that's what, that's what it came down to is this is they were targeted because of the color of their skin and it's mm -hmm. devastating. What's interesting um, is this is like the real life version or I should say this is much more of a clean cut version of making a murderer mm -hmm. where making yeah. a murderer, we were led to believe that Stephen Avery probably didn't do the crime. Um, and we're in reality, there's a lot more drop a bombshell on well, this. Pod? It's, gonna... it's just, it's uh, widely accepted now that the, the, the filmmakers, the documentary of, of making a murderer documentary makers uh, just fudge uh, the, the facts really they yeah. were crafting a narrative whereas um the central park five series i mean they're they don't have to make anything up because they were yeah. not guilty <laughs> so yeah. they didn't have to hide any of the facts uh, yep so yeah and again it plays all into that true crime that's uh, so popular right now but yeah i mean it's it's terrible to see how uh, you can get swept up into something that's so much bigger than you and you can see that all the the power um, of a system is against you, and it doesn't matter what's real or what's true. It's they have a job to do, and sometimes you just get caught up in it. So, yeah, it's true. Sure. Um, other recommendations from either of you? Did you see uh, Triple Frontier? I sure did. Ben Affleck, I mean, a cast. I wouldn't recommend it, but I'm just saying, did you see it? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't recommend it. You're just saying it came out. It's, yeah. I, I wasn't liked it more than it should have been better. It should have been better than it was. It's, yeah. It's got an amazing cast, but it didn't execute for me. So. Okay. Okay. Um, I just have one more. It's, it's a comedy kind of, kind of sketch uh, show called, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. It's pretty wild. It's pretty zany. And it, Certainly requires a certain uh, comic sensibility to, to to enjoy, 
but if you like the off the wall stuff like Tim and Eric's awesome show, great job. Um, and of which Tim Heidecker actually plays a role in one of the sketches, one of the episodes. Um, but each one of the, I believe there's five or six episodes and each one of the episodes have like, like three or four bits in each one of them. So they're, they're pretty short and easy to consume. But, um, Tim Robinson, the guy, the creator and the guy who's in almost all of the sketches, um, he's able to round up quite a cast, uh, of random comedic actors who will pop into these sketches. And they're, like I said, they're really off the wall. But it really, really struck my funny bone. This is right up my alley. I didn't know anything about it until I started watching it. And I was like on the floor laughing. Like I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, this is this is crazy. And thankfully, it, you know, it has since received uh, quite a good following. And, the, and Netflix has greenlit a second season of it. But uh, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson is one people got to check out. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else? recommendation wise or any other last thoughts no not on netflix i will say if you have amazon prime definitely check out bosch i try to recommend the show every episode so so did sarah we yeah. i don't know do you watch bosch did aaron get you into bosch <laughs> is this a joke <laughs> yeah. i know i know um well the thing is i just okay so I watched it the last season and I watched the whole thing, but I was thinking about it and I don't remember what happened at the very end. So I just rewatched the last like two episodes yesterday <laughs> or I think it was yesterday. Um, but yeah, I did watch Bosch. That's totally my type of series. You know, the thing about Bosch that's interesting and I, we may have said this on the pod before, but it's worth repeating. Uh, our, our, our mutual friend Skylar texted uh, you know aaron and i being like hey i'm i'm watching this show on amazon prime and at that point i hadn't watched any shows that amazon prime uh -huh. had to offer i wasn't really interested um he's like i'm watching the show called bosh and it's i think it's good like i think this might be a good show and i was like what is it and i look it up and i'm like it's just some like it looked to me like just like a like a generic uh, off-brand yeah. cop show with people yeah. that i didn't really know or recognize until yeah. i realized marlo stanfield from the wire is in it um, and, and, but Skylar kept insisting, he kept watching episodes and he's like, I don't, I, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but like, I think this is really good. And then Aaron started watching it. I think that you were the, you watched it before me. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, two people I trust. And I was like, okay, I'm diving in. And then I, of course, I just immediately was hooked. Love the world of Bosch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's funny because you two and Skylar remain the only people on this planet of which I know have watched Bosch. I just, really? they keep making them. Obviously, they're being watched, but it's just not like a, it's not Stranger Things. It's not El Camino, right? Yeah. It's not Breaking Bad. Um, so I think that speaks to a bigger point, right? So the cool thing about having a, a platform like Amazon Prime or Netflix is you can make these niche shows that do not have wide appeal. Uh, typically, as long as they keep it under budget, people are going to watch it and, you know, they can drag it out. Um, so that's really cool. Something like this, or uh, Peaky Blunders. There's a bunch of different little series that yeah. I never watch. But apparently, Do they Peaking Blunders? <laughs> I have no idea what the show's called. I, just I think see... it's Peaky Blinders, but I haven't yeah, watched it. So, you... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, a show like that, I'm never going to watch it, yeah. but people love it. So, people that's love the it. thing. That's, that's one of those, like, like it just says Bosch. Like, what is that? You don't, if you're just scrolling yeah. through, and even if you read the title, it doesn't, 
it doesn't grab your eye unless someone would tell you in this case my husband but um it's not like the jack ryan series where it's like yeah i love the jack ryan series i'm gonna watch it and give it a shot it's the bosch was definitely not one of those i definitely probably would have scrolled over it um but sometimes it recommends stuff because i watch so many of those type of you know cop movies or you know lawyer type of things um sometimes you know netflix or amazon prime will recommend them and sometimes i'll give it a shot and uh, even if they're bad i will usually watch them but that one never caught my attention until it did right Right. well point because we know how amazon yeah we know how netflix promotes their shows right they just keep throwing it in front of you constantly Mm -hmm. until you watch it well, the thing about Bosch is you bring up a good point, Sarah. Like the name isn't going to get you. Right. And with Jack Ryan, it has both brand equity in terms of like the, those novels. Uh, is it what? Tom Clancy. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have John or uh, yeah, John Krasinski. Uh, mm-hmm. So Jim from The Office. So if the name doesn't get you, the actor will. Where with Bosch, mm-hmm. the name's not going to get anyone. And Titus Welliver is not exactly a household name. Right. Or, you know, it's like you can't put the guy's face in there and be like, Okay, I want to watch a show called Bosch with a guy that looks like a cop or like my neighbor or something. Right, that, like, right. you know, it's just not, you know. And so uh, I, I'm stunned that it, they've made four or five seasons or whatever it is. Uh, like, I, I'm grateful. But yeah, yeah. I, I can't recommend it enough to people. And I, I just feel bad for whoever's in charge of marketing that show because it's, it's <laughs> really difficult. Like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a saturated genre. <laughs> And they don't have a, a recognizable star. So it's fascinating. Um, and it's really good. <laughs> it's such a good <laughs> LA. Like LA is. Yeah. Uh, that's for, that's yeah. Thing that's really, really cool. cool. They talk about going in and out and yeah. pancakes and bars. Like, you know. Also, they live in a world where just a, a top cop or a detective can live in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> right. <laughs> just have he this bought it with his acting money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, well, there you go. There's a, we just gave a bunch of Netflix recommendations and one Amazon prime recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to Um, hijack the Netflix pod. (laughs) No, I think it's worth, I think it's worth talking about. Netflix doesn't sponsor this. We're open at it. In fact, Disney plus comes out November 12th and we will be reviewing the Christmas film Noel with Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, no, we will be reviewing The Mandalorian, which drops November 12th. The first episode, I think actually the first two episodes drop on, on launch dates. A, a total of eight episodes, which will then come out weekly. Um, so I'm excited to talk about that um, coming up. And uh, anyway, but I think that's it. El Camino. We give it our recommendation. Watch know, it. If, um, assuming you've seen Breaking Bad, maybe you don't. <laughs> Maybe Why don't watch it. Have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Boy, would this not be a good movie if you had not seen any Breaking Bad? Wouldn't be good at all. Um, anyway, Sarah, thanks for yeah, joining yeah. us again uh, for the first time, and hopefully, it won't be the last time. We need to have you on more often. Thanks for having uh, me. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 